The 3-0 pitch. Swing and long drive. There it is. Number 500. The career 500th home run for Michael Jack Smith. We'll clear to center. James all the way in, blocked by MB. They are loving it at Wells Fargo Center. It's a knuckle. Jackson takes it at the 35. Picks it up. Looks for running room. He's at the 40. He's at the 45. All right, we are back with the Water Boys podcast. Second time recording these first like 15 to 60 minutes because GarageBand flunked out on me. So you'll hear a little hiccup around the 1830 mark. Uh, but I'm I'm here with Ryan. Ryan, how you doing? Good, thank you, Pat. Wish everyone a happy Father's Day today. Any, if we have any listeners out there, um, I doubt the only one is maybe Bob Pagan. So happy Father's Day to you. But besides that, I doubt we have any fathers listening. Yep, Bob Pagan, who I found out hates me, like actually hates me, and our our feud wasn't a joke. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Bob. I guess people just don't like it, Pat. Yeah, par- apparently, I guess just a very hateable person. <laughs> But uh, let's let's jump into it. Uh, today, big day in, in sports. We got the final round of the U.S. Open here, and we got Kepka up by a stroke on both Matsuyama, who just finished, and Harmon, who's also minus 12. Uh, but more importantly, big news in Philly sports. Yesterday, uh, I guess it was late Friday, it came out that the Sixers were in talks to trade the number three pick to move up to the number one pick uh, from the Boston Celtics and take Markel Fultz. So right now the conditions of the deal seem to be that the, the Celtics will get the third pick this year and next year's pick from the Lakers that the Sixers have, if it falls between picks two and five, if it does not, the Sixers will keep that and then the Lakers will get the Kings first-round pick in 2019. Uh, If the pick does fall in between two and five, the Sixers will keep that pick in 2019 from the King. So, King, what do you think of the move by the Sixers? Well, the first thing I still, which hasn't hasn't been confirmed yet because they said the deal will be official tomorrow, but I'm I'm curious to see if there's any protections on that Kings pick if if the Lakers, or excuse me, the Celtics end up taking that one from us. I wonder if it will be like a top one protected or if it's just completely unprotected because that, that Kings pick could be valuable with the way that franchise is. Um, but anyway, even if, it, if even if the Celtics do take that one from us, I am still ecstatic about this trade. 
Uh, last week when we spoke, I believe on Thursday, we were talk- we were focused more on the Sixers trading their third, third pick, um, trade back to get the five and ten from the Kings. This one came out of nowhere. And I, I mean, I, I think Colangelo did a great job not giving up both the Kings and Lakers pick and still, and just, just giving up one future pick to get the guy that they wanted, the guy that fits perfectly in this offense. We needed a point guard. Uh, no offense, TJ McConnell, but I think Fultz, uh, will be a cornerstone with Simmons and MB to come for hopefully the next 10 years, as long as they all stay healthy. Um, but I mean, for Philadelphia, this is an amazing trade that I don't think anyone saw coming. If I'm a Celtics fan, I don't really understand it. I don't get how you give up or how you only get back one additional pick and not get a superstar out of this deal. I feel like you could have probably gone to maybe the Bulls or Pacers and try to got, try to get Paul George or Jimmy Butler and include this pick in a package. But it works out for us, and that's all that matters. Um, but I'm assuming you're probably feeling the same way. Yeah, uh, especially because we talked before and I said I was feeling the same way. But uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I'm no, getting, yeah. I'm confused which uh, which wait, I'm thinking about both t- times we recorded now, and I'm it's getting the getting lost in translation. <laughs> no, uh, but yeah, you're right. I, I do feel good about it. Um, I'm not as big on Fultz in the sense that I don't think he's a surefire superstar like some people do. Like he's gonna be, you know. I mean, obviously not LeBron, but maybe like you know John Wall type hype that people just knew he was gonna come out and be a superstar in this league at number one or Kevin Durant, who, you know, is the number two pick, things like that. Um, but I certainly think Fultz is going to be good. And I'm, I'm impressed just by his highlight reel where they obviously make him look really good and he never misses a shot. So that is encouraging. But the, <laughs> the thing was, it seemed like Monk was the best shooter in this class, but he was a little undersized. And it seems like Fultz is up there, uh, you know, a little bit behind Monk in the sense that he can shoot it very well from beyond the arc, and that's something that the Sixers need. And they have Simmons who can distribute the ball, and that is his top quality uh, along with his size and speed. And he has the ability to get to the rack and finish. But it seems like that was something that Fultz is really good at. He can take contact and finish, and he can draw contact, and he can you know even avoid contact and finish. It just always seems like he's able to get to the rack in some capacity and score, and that's something that the Sixers have been lacking. Uh, you know, they've had a few shooters over the last few years, and, you know, they, they really, I think they really have a true point guard in T.J. McConnell, and if he stays as a backup, that's a really good quality to have. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that Fultz will fit in very well and fill a lot of voids for this team. Um, and, you know, I think that kind of leads us into what do we expect from this team coming up this next year, uh, assuming that they – they do take Fultz and they are healthy. Do you expect them to, you know, be, you know, in the playoffs no matter what, or do you think that they'll still be on the outside looking in, or what do you think? I think this first year there's going to be some bumps and bruises. I mean, still Simmons has not played a game yet. It's actually going to be exciting. It'll be interesting to see Fultz and Simmons uh, playing for the Rookie of the Year this this year. Um, but, I mean, it's going to be some bumps and bruises to start. and be. I mean, everyone just needs to get healthy. They need to learn to play together. I'm all about chemistry. I mean, I'm hoping the first year, obviously, an increase in wins. I would love to see him sneak into that final eight seed, maybe seven, and play the Cavs or uh, Celtics in the first round. I think it would be fun and exciting just to have co- or playoff basketball back in Philadelphia. 
But, I mean, this first year, it's just all about them growing together. If they don't make the playoffs, I'm not going to be upset at all. I just want to see improvement. And it doesn't matter. Even if we make the playoffs, it's still going to be Cavs-Warriors again next year, probably maybe another two years. So this team needs to start building for the future, which they have. And I think the process is finally coming all together. Sam Hinkie's plan is coming to fruition. And, I mean, I think I think that within three to five years, this team – should start making deep or should be deep in the playoffs every year, which is just so exciting to talk about after the last five years or even 10 years really of Sixers basketball. But uh, what do you think? Do you think they'll be in the playoffs this year? Well, I really agree with you. And I don't think it can be understated that it's going to, it really takes time for people to play together and get used to one another and really gel as a team. So that's going to be a big learning curve, especially since Embiid's only played really a handful of games in the NBA, Simmons hasn't played yet. This will be Fultz's first year, so nobody has really played for these guys, and these guys, these core pieces haven't played with each other. So that's going to be a, a, a big learning curve for them this year. But I really want to see them compete for a playoff spot and at least get in as like a 7 or 8 seed and have them play the Cavaliers or the Celtics even if they ended up getting getting swept or you know getting a gentleman sweep, losing four to one in a series, it's it's just exciting to have the team in the playoffs. And you know we talked about on our last go around how much of a, a, Phil, a basketball town Philadelphia is, and in our lifetimes we really haven't seen that from the Sixers other than that run that they made with the Iverson team in two thousand one to the NBA Finals. We really haven't seen it. I mean they they had good teams with. Drew Holiday and Andre Iguodala, but just not to the same level. And following the process the last couple of years and just through Sixers Twitter alone, just seeing the excitement build and the amount of frenzy that came through when it, it looked like uh, the, the Sixers were going to make this trade and then finding out that it's it's really going through uh, tomorrow on Monday. It's, it's just an exciting time to be a, a Sixers fan. In Philadelphia, I'd love to see them get back and compete in the playoffs. Yeah, and it's 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 really surreal right now. I mean, the trade hasn't even finalized yet. It, it just just it came out of nowhere. Like I said before, like no one. I mean, I, besides probably insiders, no one really even thought this was possible. Like everyone was talking about three: Josh Jackson, Jason Tatum, Malik Monk. Uh, like after that lottery. Um, and seeing those ping pong balls fall, I was like, damn, like all year we wanted Fultz. That's who everyone in Philadelphia wanted. And now he's going to go to the Celtics, who is the first seed in the East. Like, wow, the rich get richer. But somehow he ends up in our lap. We didn't give up too much. And we can't forget to mention Covington, Sarich. I mean, these guys are all young. They're just going to grow together. So even like you said, even if they get swept or win one game in the playoffs, they can just get a taste of that playoff experience. That's going to make them hungrier going to give experience that's vital and now we just need to bring in a couple of older veterans don't spend too much money keep that cap space open because we're going to need to re-sign our guys and hopefully go for maybe a max a max player next year or the year after maybe clay thompson comes available be a perfect fit i mean i don't know why you want to leave the warriors but he'd be a perfect fit the shooter that they need um that's still a little bit down the line getting ahead of myself but it's exciting and just the fact that we're talking about Sixers basketball, there's a chance they're going to start winning again and they're going to get out of mediocrity. Um, it's just it's just fun to be a Sixers fan right now. Yeah, definitely. And I, I've always been more college basketball than pro, but certainly exciting to see the Sixers be competitive again. And 
I really, really hope that they can compete for the playoffs. But uh, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there talking about this fold steal, uh, you know, assumingly fold steal, and the whole trade that's going on with the Sixers. So plenty of info out there. Let's switch up gears a little bit to the Flyers. And they release the 11 players that they chose to protect uh, from the expansion draft with the Las Vegas Knights. So they went with the 7-3-1 format, and that includes seven forwards. And those seven are, sorry, the page is taking a second, uh, Couturier, Philpula, Giroux, Lawton, Shen, Simmons, and Voracek. The three defensemen are Gassespierre, Gudis, Manning, and then the one goalie is Anthony Stolarz. So a few surprises here, to say the least. Uh, what do you think of the 11 players that the Flyers chose to protect? Uh, I mean, I thought it was a little interesting uh, that they they decided to protect Scott Lawton over Reed or Raffle. I'm not sure which one personally I would have protected. I mean, I thought it came down to those two, though. I did not anticipate at all that Scott Lawton uh, was going to be was going to be protected last year. He barely played. He really basically had a falling out with Hackstall, it seems like. And, I mean, Hackstall didn't like him at all. He, he didn't use him. He was inactive pretty much the entire season, it felt like. Um, so the fact that they kept him was a little shocking. And everything I read now, it's, it sounds like it's going to come down to Reed or Raffle, who the Vegas, I mean, Las Vegas, I forget their team name, nice. is going to pick. Nice. Thank you, yes. Uh, is going to pick, so... Um, that that's probably the only thing that shocked me. Um, the other one, little surprising, was the fact that Neuberg and Mason they left them unprotected. Mason, it sounds like, anyways, on his way out. But they, like you said, Stolzer, they protected him over Neuberg. I really think the Flyers and Hextall does not have a goalie on this roster that he anticipates starting next year. That's the only, really, the only thing I can really think of. But he's either thinking about a trade, a call up. Um, but I don't think his, he's under the impression that Neuberg or Mason's going to be the starter because I don't know why you wouldn't protect Neuberg if you do. And I don't think you can go into the year with Stolzer as your number one. I think he could be a backup this year and hopefully eventually be the number one, but I don't think the goalie's on this roster. Um, but that's about it, really, with like shocking news at the expansion draft. The only other thing to really mention is you listed the ones they protected, Konecki and Provorov. They didn't need to protect because of the expansion rules, um, so they were automatically protected. So if you're out there, don't think, like, oh, my God, we're about to lose one of them. They're protected. They're good. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, so that, that leaves a couple people, as you already mentioned. Reed is available to be selected by the Knights, and it looks like it's going to be him and Raffle, but uh, also available is defenseman Andrew McDonald. Uh, Jordan Wheel is there as well, as is Dale Weiss. Um, so a few players that the the Golden Knights have to select from, and this is this is pretty odd to us. Uh, we were saying that we really haven't experienced an expansion draft since the an expansion team in general since the Houston Texans uh, came into the league, and I believe that was the the 2002 season. Uh, so it, it's really a new process to us, and it's it's a little weird to me that leagues are still expanding. I think it's uh, you know, already diluted enough in, in all the major sports leagues. So it's a little weird to me having this happen. Um, and uh, I, I don't know. I just, it's it's just weird. What what do you think? Yeah, I'm like, I'm still under the impression. I think we, we talked about a little bit before. I think, like you said, the Texans are the last team 
And besides that, I don't remember another expansion team in our lifetime. Um, I could definitely be wrong, uh, but I, I don't I don't remember seeing another one. I'm trying to look it up real fast right I know, now. I know there were a bunch in baseball. The the Devil Rays came in in '99 as well. '98, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's Diamondbacks and Devil Rays came in in '98, and Rockies and Marlins in '93. '93, yeah. So I guess we were like we were like five at the time. So technically, they were during our lifetime, but. Um, I mean, that's about it. But, I mean, going back a little bit to the expansion draft, I found the rules why Konecki and Provorov are protected automatically. Uh, Part of the protection, all first- and second-year professionals, as well as unsigned draft choices, are automatically exempt. So that's why they did not need to protect them um, in one of their uh, set or 11 skaters. Gotcha. So it'll it'll be interesting to see. Is the the Expansion draft, when is that? Is that next Friday? No, the expansion draft is actually this Wednesday, um, and the NHL draft itself is on Friday. So, I mean, I mean, with the expansion draft, they can only draft one player from each team, so that's why, we, like we were talking about before, it's either going to be probably Raffle or Reed. Um, it's, it's actually, I kind of like that rule, that they can't. They have to draft one player from each team. They can't draft multiple um, from one team. I know the Capitals left TJ Oshie unprotected, which would be interesting. Um, I think there's a couple big ones out. Oh, the Penguins didn't protect Marc Andre Fleury. I saw so that. I could yeah. see, I, I could see him becoming the new goalie there. So I mean, like you said, just the whole expansion thing is so interesting. Like all of a sudden, these guys, I mean, it's just like free agency. They leave and they they get uprooted, but all of a sudden, there's after Wednesday night, one guy from each team is now going to be a part of a brand new team and have to live in Las Vegas, and it's it's just fascinating to me. Yeah, ha- have to live in Las Vegas. What a what a burden for them. I'm sure. I'm sure they're gonna hate it. But uh, yeah. but yeah, it'll definitely be interesting to see. And you know, I'll probably follow along on Wednesday for the expansion draft to see how it works. Since it's really something that's rare and unique uh, in this day and age. But wrapping up yeah, this think, this I first portion are, here. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, also, no, you're good. I was gonna say I think people are honestly more excited about the NHL expansion draft than the actual NHL draft. Yeah. Seriously. But uh. All right, wrapping up the last 15 seconds of part one here. Because of our hiccup, part two, we talk about the Phillies, a little bit about the Eagles, and a little bit about Temple football. So tune in for part two, which will start almost simultaneously. All right, sorry about that little hiccup there uh, in the old garage band on iTunes. So back up and <laughs> back up and going here. Don't think we really missed anything. Uh, but no. were you were you able to find the, the rules on the – Expansion there? No, I'm still. I've been looking through every or Flyers article, and I it's not here that I can find anymore. Uh, great, uh, great podcasting. Uh, <laughs> let's. Uh, I mean, both of us. But uh, let's move on to the Phillies. Who, since we last talked, I went to the game on Thursday, and they were facing Chris Sale, and I said I would have been upset with anything less than a no hitter from Chris Sale. And he actually picked up the loss, which was pretty pretty shocking. But he, he really did pitch well. He, he had like 10 strikeouts over eight innings, and they, they lost one to nothing. It was a really good game, actually. It went really quick, and uh, just a, a pitcher's duel. Uh, Chris Sale ended up hitting a double and getting stranded on third in the top of the eighth. And then he came out and gave up a single and a double, and that was the only run of the game. Uh, one nothing win for the Phils. Since then, they've... Dropped three in a row. They just got swept uh, by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So they are currently sitting at 22 and 46. 
Were you able to catch any of the games over the weekend? I watched a little bit today. Um, they blew the lead in the ninth. It's just bullpen issues. Yeah. Uh, they gave up a run in the ninth and tenth. Um, it's it's just hard to watch. I think yesterday's game, again, starters did well. Six innings. I mean, if they could go deeper, it might help. But last, it's, the first six innings of the game was great. All of a sudden, they take out Eikhoff yesterday, bring in Ramos, who doesn't record an out, <laughs> uh, and gives up three earned runs. And the game it goes from a 1-1 game, I believe, to 4-1, four, four and the Phillies can't score that many runs. Um, and they end up losing 5-1. to one. Yeah. So, I mean, all three games this week, they gave up five runs, except for that Red Sox game where they gave somehow gave up, shut them out, which maybe, I guess, I don't know, you might know where Boston is this weekend. Maybe it was a travel day, and Boston just didn't want to be there. <laughs> But they've given up at least five runs. I think it's eight of the last ten starts now, and they just can't score. So it's not a recipe for success. Yeah, and it seems like they, they get to that sixth inning, and you're exactly right. And they, they compete until then, and then it falls off. But uh, that, that game on Thursday, so I actually got to get down there a little bit earlier, and I walked into the park at about 540, and the Red Sox were taking BP, and then they stopped BP like 45 minutes early, inexplicably. And I was really confused because I wanted to get there and catch a little bit of batting practice. So I was just there an hour and a half early, and I, I was wondering maybe they were just thinking like, "Well, we're playing the Phillies, so it really doesn't matter. Let's just let's just wrap up BP and head into the air conditioning 45 minutes early." But if that were the case, which I'm sure it's really not, but it did backfire, and they were only able to put up like five hits that night so uh, a good outing from Pavetta who was the starter for the Phillies he, he really shut down that Red Sox lineup uh, some some good defensive plays um, there was a, a ground ball up the middle that um, was stopped it was actually hit by Chris Sales hit in the hole and the second baseman got it third to first with the bases loaded and two outs really prevented two runs from scoring or at least one and was able to get sale by about a little bit less than half a stride. So that was really the play of the game. And, uh, again, just, just a good game and a really good crowd for a Thursday night there at the, the Philly Stadium. But, but yeah, they're, they're really struggling, and uh, it's, it's not looking good right now. They, uh, they're on an eight-game losing streak heading into that game. So that puts them at 1-11 over the last 12. So uh, certainly not where you want to be as a baseball team right now. No, and then now they, they have three games set against the Cardinals, who this year have been struggling, not as bad as the, as the Phillies, of course. Um, but it is in it is home, so hopefully maybe they can somehow win a series. I, I doubt it. Helixson's pitching, so if you want to go to that one, uh, that's not the tomorrow. They're off tomorrow, but on Tuesday there's going to be a lot of long balls. Um, but this team, just it's it's getting to the point where we just need to see the trade deadline, see what players they can give away somehow, get a little bit and return back. Um, but it just, unfortunately, it's only June 18th, and the season's already a lost cause. It's probably been a lost cause for about a month now, but yeah. it's really setting in now when it's getting towards the beginning to middle of summer for some people, and you don't want to watch baseball anymore. Yeah, and uh, it's it's certainly not looking good for them. I'll tell you, the the one player I was impressed with was was uh, the right fielder Altair. He had a good catch in that series and really looked like a solid hitter. So he was the the player for the Phillies that I was most impressed with. And 
Looks like he could be a, a key piece for them moving forward. Hey, at least we have one guy, right? Yeah, so only eight more and uh, some starting pitching and a bullpen, and they're right back in it. Uh, oh, yeah, that's not bad. As far as the Eagles go, not too much to update since we last talked on the last day of minicamp, and no, no news has really come out of camp since then. Um, the only thing was Torrey Smith got into a little bit of an argument with Howard Eskin on Twitter, so uh, just just made my love for Torrey Smith go up a little bit more. He, he already seems like a good guy, a great guy in the community, and then just collapsed back at Howard Eskin. So good for him. And uh, Eskin originally called him out for not knowing anything about the NBA. Um, but Smith, again, props to him for clapping back. Yeah, and the only other thing I really saw about the Eagles um, since last we spoke is um, everyone always talks about Nelson Aguilar. And I think it was yesterday or the day before the new wide receivers coach might grow or – I'm pretty sure that's how you say it, is, again, talking about how he's a first-round talent. He thinks he still thinks he's a first-round talent, even after last year. And that's who he's most excited about. And I, they're still in love with him. I, I don't get it. But that and their Eagles this year are going to try to do something that LeGarrette Blunt hasn't really done his whole NFL year, or career, excuse me, and they plan on using him in the passing game. So we'll see how that works as well. Yeah. And uh, we, we've talked at length about Aguilar, but you're right with the, the blunt uh, news coming out. They say they're going to use him in the passing game, and I'm not sure if I necessarily agree with that. When Blunt was younger and early in his career, a lot of the complaints with him in the passing game wasn't the fact that he had trouble catching the ball, but it was his pass blocking and being able to understand where he was supposed to help out and if he had to block someone who that was. So I'm not sure if that's something that's really improved over his career. And, I mean, it seems like it hasn't since he hasn't been using the passing game all that much. But that's where my bigger concern would be as opposed to him actually catching the ball um, and being a threat in the uh, sense of catching the ball and being a pass catcher. Agreed. Yeah, the main priority basically on off that is Wentz's health. So you don't want – a running back back there that's going to miss a, pick, a blitz pickup and get Wentz absolutely blindsided. Um, and the other thing, if, I mean, if, if all of a sudden you don't use him, though, in the passing game at all, it's just going to help the defenses. They'll see him come in the game, anticipate Ron. He comes out of the game, and they anticipate pass. It's just one of those small things that's easy for a defense to pick up on that I guess the Eagles really don't have a choice but to try to implement him a little bit in the passing game. Um, but that's going to be a tough job by the coaches because you don't want, like like you said, you need protection. And if he can't pick up a blitz, then it's not going to be good for one. Yeah, the good thing is we have like eight other running backs that could do that <laughs> if, if he can't step up. Uh, one one well, other, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say they're all small, though, so hopefully they don't get run over on the, by, yeah. a, by a blitzer. But, yeah, go ahead. True, just, just dive at their legs, I guess. That's what I would do. Uh, but one last thing, since there's not too much other Eagles talk, uh, the amateur golfer that came out of Drexel, he did not make the cut. I believe he ended up shooting six over, uh, missed the cut, but was able to see a little bit of him uh, on the coverage that was on Fox Sports 1. So good for him, and hopefully he can keep it up in the future and represent Philadelphia. Yeah, that's a good one to end on. Yeah, golf, golf. That's what we talk about, golf. 
Yeah, this is going to be strictly a golf podcast from now on. Drexel Golf. And we can talk about the Soul again. The Soul are now 9-0. and Varga's definitely getting excited. Yeah, and the, the, the dude that stood outside the Eagles practice got a tryout. Did you see the first pass went directly through his hands into the, <laughs> the stands? <laughs> it was I did awesome. I see that. That yeah. was great. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> if you're going to camp outside the NovaCare complex, make sure you can you know, ca- catch a simple route and practice. But I guess maybe maybe Sheldon Gibson shouldn't uh, shouldn't sit out there and try out for the soul either. Yeah, no, yeah, really. <laughs> I mean, one other thing, Pat. Not even uh, it is Philly sports news, but not professional. Temple had a big day on the recruiting trail over the weekend. I saw that. Uh, I think they they had seven verbal commits over the weekend. Um, they had I think they had one going into it for the 2018 class. So uh, Coach Collins had a good weekend. I was, I think it was Kyle Gauss. Is that his name? Yeah, yeah. He was he was retweeting them all, and I was just following. Him and I think he said there were seven additional just from uh, the last in, in last week. So I mean, it's exciting for the Owls. They're not falling too behind, I guess, on the recruiting trail since Rule left. But it was a big weekend for Temple Owl football. Yeah, and uh, two of them were three star recruits. So that's definitely good to see. And these are just verbal commits. So. Obviously, it can change at any time, but it's certainly a step in the right direction. And uh, on on a podcast before with Scott Blumstein, we talked about how last year's bad recruiting class wasn't the end-all, be-all for Jeff Collins and really just you know making him an improvement this year and getting back on track with the recruiting should be a, a key focus for him. And it looks like he's getting a head start on that, so definitely good news for the Owls. But uh, that... That should wrap it up for this version of the Waterboys podcast. Hopefully we'll be back Thursday morning for you. Any additional notes, Ryan? No, no I think that Temple was the last thing I thought of. Uh, it was everything besides Fultz, pretty slow week in Philly sports. So yeah. At least the Fultz news happened, so we had something to talk about. Yep, and we got the NBA draft coming up this week, so that will and take place. Am I going to go? NHL Friday, NBA Thursday. Oh, yeah. I, uh, I probably won't tune into the NHL one, just to be honest. But, uh, yeah. no, I will not be in attendance for the NBA draft. I have my last night class ever of grad school, so I'll be, I'll be wrapping that up. Good luck with that. Thank you. Hopefully I pass. Yeah, I hope so, too. Then you can get a job down here. Yeah, true. All right, until next time. Oh, you didn't think we can do it again. Oh baby, we can even make you an overnight celebrity. Know what I'm saying? Why don't we play something these pros alike? Dry whips, I know they like. Twister, you told a ride. Make you a celebrity overnight. Give you ice like Kobe, right? We sort of like Goldie, right? The way we mow them, right? Make you a celebrity overnight. Girl, I see you in the mouth about them chin chin on your back, I wanna know your name. Girl, I'm just like the blow your brains. Put you in a chameleon, no go range.
dry whips, I know they lie. Twister, you told a ride. Make you a celebrity overnight. Give you ice like Kobe ride. We sort of like Golden ride. The way we know the ride. Make you a celebrity, yo, I'm not. Play something these pros are like. Dry whips, I know they like. Twister, you told a ride. Make you a celebrity overnight. Give you ice like Kobe ride. We sort of like Kobe ride. The way we know the ride. Make you a celebrity overnight. Put that thing up, mommy, make it roll. Once you pop, pop, lock it for me, girl, get low. If your mama gave it to you, baby girl, let it show. Once you pop, pop, drop it for me, baby, we can roll. Bob. I hit 